Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. I want to talk today about the importance of staying connected. The importance of staying connected. I don't know if you ever started out trying to do something, but you get tired or exhausted. You just think, I just can't do that anymore. We could have kept them going. They would have actually got out. There was that you could see it was going to go, but it was going to be pretty uncomfortable to get there. But have you ever had that time where you sort of think, well, I just can't do it myself anymore. I'm just going to walk away. I'm just going to let go. I'm going to leave what I've been trying to do. You ever had that experience? Maybe even you're just thinking, I can't keep doing this thing called Christian faith. I'm going to just let go. I'm just going to stop attending church. It's too difficult. I'm going to stop connecting to God. It's just become too far removed from where I am today. Or I'm just struggling with the community I'm part of. I'm going to walk away and disconnect. These experiences of life that we all have should drive us to God, but often we disconnect. We walk away. And I want to talk to us today about this great passage in John 15, where Jesus, his last, pretty much his last speech before he uh, gets sentenced to death um, to his followers. And here's, here's what happens. So Jesus is in the upper room, and they're having their last meal, the last supper. And they're having their Passover feast. It's a very significant moment for Jewish people. And they're in this room, and they're having this meal. And Jesus breaking the bread and said, this is my body. It's going to be broken for you. This is my blood. He gets the cup of wine. He says, this is my blood. It's going to be shed for you. And everyone's like going, what, what are you on about, Jesus? What's going on? And then Judas kind of says, well, what do you mean someone's going to betray you? And Jesus said, well, come on, Judas. We know it's going to be you. Go and do what you have to do. And the Bible tells that Judas runs out of the room. And there is these confused friends of Jesus who've walked with him for three years, who've seen miracles regularly. And now they're in this room with Jesus doing this traditional um, Passover festival. And he's he's confusing them by adding in these extra pieces, broken bread being like my body and wine being shared. What is going on? And then he says, let's, let's, it's this beautiful thing, let's let's sing a song. So they finish off their meal and they stand, the Bible says, they sing a song. And then they go for a walk. And they're in the city of Jerusalem and they leave the upper room and they just walk down into what's called the Kidron Valley. And the Kidron Valley is just as like, it's like a short valley that goes between the city of Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives. It's like a 10, 15 minute walk to go from the city walls down the valley and up the other side to what is known as the Garden of Gethsemane, the place where Jesus was going to be arrested. And he's walking down the Kidron Valley. He's walking along this route and he's had this experience. He's had this moment. He's told a bit of his story, the taking the bread and the, the wine that was shared. And then Judas runs off and he's walking down the Kidron Valley. And on either side of the Kidron Valley, there would be hundreds of vines. The place was like a permanent vineyard. And Jesus was one never to lose the opportunity to have an object lesson, to see something around him and go, ah, this will help you understand what I'm trying to explain. And so in the story of John 15, we get to this point and Jesus is walking along the valley with his friends. He's on his way to be arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he just says, I've got got one more thought for you. I've got one more thing I'd love you to hear. I've got one more piece of advice that I'd love you to consider. Have a look at these vines. Have a look at these grape vines. Have a look at the grapes. And let's listen to this. Lottie, come and read for us from John 15.
Okay, so this is John 15, 1 to 17. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit, so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified with the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them would produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to the Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Thank you, Lottie. Doesn't she read it much better than I could do? Wonderful. This is an incredible moment, which the followers of Jesus probably didn't appreciate what was going on. Jesus was giving them a, a really important pep talk. And this is a famous passage of Scripture. It's one of the seven I am's that Jesus um, told. And he said, I am the vine. But as I was reading through this Scripture, I realized so many times the word remains appears. You know, it says there, remain in me and I'll remain in you. Um, uh, you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. It keeps on repeating itself. Anyone who does not remain in me will be thrown away. Um, if you remain in me, my words remain in you. And over and over again, those first few verses of that, that passage, the word remain just kept coming out and coming out. And I really felt like this morning, I want to talk about this word remain. Jesus said to his disciples in that last few hours he had with them before he was arrested, he said, remain in me. And that word remain, um, it, it appears 10 times in that passage. It's from the word Greek, word mene or menon. It means like abide or to not depart, not to leave, to continue to be present or a really old-fashioned word, to tarry, to tarry. You know, when we sing the song at our football FA Cup finals, abide with me, it's completely the wrong way round. Jesus says, no, you abide with me. Don't ask me to abide with you. You abide with me. He says, remain in me. And I want to speak today just on one verse. I want to pick out one verse in that passage of Scripture, John 15, verse 5. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I am them will produce much fruit. 
for apart from me, you can do nothing. Or in there's a new version that's come out this last year. The Passion Translation says this, I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from you within you, from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. One verse, three thoughts for you. Number one, Jesus said very clearly, I'm the vine, you're the branches. In case you're not sure how this works, he's saying, I'm the main thing and you're the little thing. I am the vine. Without me, you become disconnected. You are the branch. In case you think you're bigger than you really are, let me get this really clear. My, my father God's the gardener. I am the vine and you are the branches. He's putting it all laid out there nicely. We go, okay, we get this. And sometimes we misunderstand who is the source. Sometimes we think we're able to manage things in life ourselves. Jesus said in verse 1, he goes, I am the true vine. The implication is that there are other ways of connecting, other things that we can connect to, other sources of life we can discover, but there's only one true vine. It's a warning to us about imitation vines. I don't know if you ever hooked into the wrong thing. If you're connecting something which is not good for you, not healthy for you, or develop a false attachment to something which isn't good for you. You know, whether you get stuck into people's opinions of you and who you are, or whether you hook into the source, the one true vine. God is the gardener. Jesus is the vine. You are the branches. I wonder if you've ever got yourself hooked into something which isn't good for you, that isn't helpful for you, isn't healthy for you. There is one source, Jesus is saying. His name is God. And I am the vine. You need to be connected to me. You are the branches. Know your place, he's kind of saying. Know your role. Know the part you play. Don't get carried away with who you are. Get carried away with whose you are. There is only one source. I remember a few years ago, Lot and I were living in Hedge End. And we had an extension built on the back of our house. And as they were extending the back of the house, the builder was digging the foundations and he came across an old well, which sounds lovely romantic, but it isn't very helpful when you're paying money for a foundation and the builder stops, puts his tools down and goes, I can't do anything, we need an engineer, you've got a well in your back garden. And so it was an amazing experience because we didn't know it was even there and we went over the road, we had some neighbours, remind me of their names, Lottie, Nancy and Bill. You can tell by the names of the age they might be. And they'd lived there all their lives. It was, it was Bill's parents' house to be opposite. And, and he'd lived there all his life. And he came and he looked at the well. And he was in his 80s. And he said, I remember this well from when I was a child. He said, we used to come here and drink from this well. He said, this was like a, the place we knew. And it's always, he said, it was always really cold. We'd have a drink from this well. It would always be freezing cold whatever time of the year. In the summer, we loved to come and drink from this well. And so this idea of a well, and here I've got a picture of a well. In fact, this is a picture of a well that some of you have drunk from. Who's drunk from this well? Anyone here drunk from this well? Stand up if you've ever been to Uganda. Stand up if you've ever been to Uganda. Look around. There's a few people in the air looking at puzzled faces. Sit down if you've not stayed in the beautiful new guest house. The rest of you who stayed in the guest house... In Uganda, that's where your water came from. That is a 40-foot hole. And what you can't see, 
is Muhammad. Muhammad is at the bottom of that hole. Can you see Muhammad, anyone? He is 40 foot. You can sit down now. But you have drunk from that well. If that well wasn't there, there would be no water into that guest house. In fact, this is quite a small borehole. Apparently, some of them at the top of the school, those who've been to Uganda and worked at the Wobblenzi um, Town Academy, they've got two boreholes at the top of the site, 80 feet deep. And Muhammad dug them by hand. Oh, yes. And he is down the bottom there, honestly. And they did bring him back up again afterwards because many of you have met Muhammad. But here's what I'm trying to say is, if you have no source, you can't be fed. The water is only, is only as good as its supply. If there is no borehole, they call them boreholes or well, then there is no water being provided to that particular house. When you go into that nice guest house and you put the taps on and off and you flush the toilet, they have flushing toilets. It's amazing in the middle of Uganda. It's because of this. Because somebody dug a 40-foot borehole into the source of water itself. Jesus was saying, my father God, he's the source. He is the one thing that will sustain you. He is the one thing that will give you life. And without it, you won't flourish. You're the branches. I'm the vine. God is the source of all life. Number one, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Number two, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Remain. He's just saying, remain in me. Remain is often a very negative word. Remain. What does that really mean? Remain. Just stay still. It sounds like you're doing nothing. If someone says, you, you remain here. It's like, I'll go do the proper work. You remain here. You hang just back there. I'm off to do something. Remain doesn't sound like a really useful activity or the remains of something. It sounds very dead and negative and, and half full. And you're like, oh, what is going on there? What is about remains? Remaining is about being constant. Remaining is about staying still. Remaining is remaining in him, remaining in our church communities. Even when it looks like nothing is happening, we remain in him. That's what he's saying. Just remain in me. We remain in God, in verse 10 it says, to by loving our God and loving those around us, we remain in him. Some of the bravest people are people that remain. When others flee or try and find another solution, there are those that are going, I'm going to stick this one out. I'm going to remain and I'm going to trust God. Or people who say, well, I'm going to try and find myself. I love that phrase, I'm going to find myself. How do you find yourself? I'm going to find myself by walking away rather than remaining. There's a great quote that says, if you want to find yourself, then give yourself in the service of others. This desire to run away when things get difficult. But God says to us, remain. Remain in me. The bravest read is not the one that falls over in the wind. It's the one that remains standing. Or as Brenny Brown says, great quote, says, sometimes the bravest and most important thing you can do is just show up. I have conversations with people all the time and say, I can't keep going. I can't do this anymore. And sometimes we just have to remain standing. I'm just going to turn up. I'm going to grit my teeth. And I say, God, you better be there for me because I don't have the answers. That's remaining. That's choosing, going, God, you are my source. I have no answers here, but I'm deciding to remain in you. 
I'm going to be constant. You know, constant is God's speciality. God is consistently constant. God is our rock. He is our fortress. That's what Psalm 18 tells us. He is the one that we can depend upon. As Lottie prayed earlier, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In a world that is upside down, uncertain, our God is our certainty. God is our constant. God is our reliable, steadfast one. In a world that everyone goes, oh, let's give something more exciting. We have a God that says, I am so excited for you that I'm going to give you constancy. I'm going to give you something you can rely upon. If you ever want to run away, that's fine, but I'll always be here for you when you get back. I am reliable. I am your source. I'm the one you can trust. Like a tree that remains constantly beside the stream, it provides health to the branches and fruit to that tree. Jeremiah 17 says this, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees, listen to this, such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. They never stop producing fruit. Why are they not bothered by the heat or the drought? Because their roots go deep into the source of the river. If your roots go deep into God, if you are connected to him, if you know you're the branch connecting into the vine, you know that when things are tough, your God will sustain you. Even when the world says it's not happening and there's a drought, there's nothing to look after, you go, I've got deep roots. And I'm confident I will still keep producing fruit, not because of my ability, but because I am connected to the source. And I'm confident in his ability to sustain me and bring me fruitfulness and success. Or in Psalm 92, the rights will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. I want to say to you as Freedom Church this morning, get planted into your local church and commit and remain. I have people say to me, often they say, oh, but Sim, I I need this and I need that and, and it doesn't do this for me, it doesn't do that for me. I'm going, just remain. Just dig yourself down into the roots of, of, of the source of God himself. Plant yourself in the house of the Lord and you will flourish. I, I guarantee you, it's not about me or about Freedom Church. It's about when you get into Christian community, when you commit yourself to God, who he is, and the people of God around you, you will flourish. I know there are people in this room right now, you are feeling disconnected from God and disconnected from community. And I just say, remain. Remain. Plug yourself in. Trust in God. And you will see, the the verse there says, you will see great fruit. Fruit. In our little bit non-agricultural society that think fruit appears in plastic punnets on the shelves of our local supermarkets. Fruit is like success. If you're a farmer, fruit is 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 the visual image of success. If you had a successful harvest, the fruit is beautiful. If it's not gone very well, the fruit is poor. Your success is only as sustainable as your source. It's only sustainable as your source. Your fruit is reliant upon what you're connected to. No fruit can be better than the vine that produced it. We're only as good as that which we're plugged into. If you're you're connected into a poor source, if you're connected into something that's not good for you, you will produce bad fruit. 
That's what the Bible says. If you plug into God, he will give you the fruit. He will give you great success. And, and success, maybe you don't always like to use success. It's not a bad word. Um, Joshua was told by um, God, is, I will give you great success. God's got no problem with you being successful. God's got no problem with you being fruitful. Why? Because he's the source. He's giving it to you in the first place. When the tree prospers and there's fruit in the tree, no one gets upset with the roots or the source or what it's plugged into. We celebrate that which we've connected into. God wants us to be fruitful people. He wants to be successful people to make a difference wherever we go. Put your trust in the source of life, God himself. And thirdly and lastly, this last part of the verse, for apart from me, you can do nothing. If we disconnect from God, we are powerless. We are powerless. I know many times I have tried to do things in my own strength. And then I get to the end of what I can do. And I start to pray. What's that about? Why is it I think, I'll fix this. I'll sort this. I can make this happen. And then I go, I run out of ideas. I run out of money. I run out of resources. I run out of contacts. I go, oh, I'm probably going to have to pray about it now. Anyone else? It was just me, just the church pastor doing that thing. Sometimes we need to be people who, every time, we need to be people who turn to God first. Say, God, I don't have the answers, I don't have the solutions, I don't have the resources, I don't have the time, I don't have the energy, but I'm putting my trust in you. I'm choosing to remain that you'll provide what I can't do. Stop doing things for God and start doing things with God. It's much easier. I mean, how arrogant to go, you know what, God, I've got this one. I'm on it. Leave with me. I'm going to deliver this for you. And he was going, yeah, okay. Let me, let me know when I can help you. I'll stand back and watch. I'll be there when you fall over. When you start going, actually, God, now is a good time. I'll be running. Why do we even try doing that for? Why do we not learn the lesson and say we start doing things with God rather than doing things for God? Let's get the worship team up here on the stage. Your success is only as sustainable as your source. Your fruitfulness is only as sustainable as that which you're connected into. If you are not producing good fruit, it's not because of your effort. It's because of remaining in God. Remaining in him. A tree cannot produce more fruit by just, I'm going to try and produce something today. I'm going to really make an effort today. The tree knows if it's plugged into the right place. As we heard last week from Trevor, the parable of the sower, if we're plugged into good soil, if we're plugged into good things, if we allow God to work through us, there will be fruitfulness. I was at my parents' house on Thursday, I think this week, and I was there visiting, and, and um, my, one of my nieces who was there, she went out into the garden, she came back with random items for my dad's garden. He had peppers, he had cucumbers, he had carrots, and she came back with one egg as well from the chickens. It's really random. And some, some of them, I mean, my dad's quite proud of his garden, but we were looking at these carrots, and some of them were a little bit odd, to say the least. There was a few of them that looked a bit funny colored and a bit funny shaped. It's true, isn't it? But you know, that's about what it was plugged into. I'm sure if it was plugged into really good soil, we'd come back with perfectly orange. One of them was like yellow carrot. It was proper weird. But you know about when you're plugged into the source, the fruit follows. If we're plugged into something healthy, success 
follows. Our challenge is to stay connected to the source. If you buy something which is temporary, your success will be temporary. If you invest in something which lasts, your fruitfulness and successfulness will last. God is reliable. God is constant. God is saying, I'm the gardener. My son Jesus is the vine. You are the branches. Stay connected in me. Stay connected in me. And the one thing I just want to put back to us today as I close my Bible to give you hope is if you want to remain in God, I want to put to you that that starts with putting me in the right place, of worshipping Him, of meditating on Him, of praying to Him, of reading the Bible that's about Him and say, I just want to remain. I don't have all the answers, God, but I'm putting my faith and my hope and my trust in You, my source, my deliverer, the God that provides over and over and over again. And I want to encourage you, if you're feeling disconnected from God or disconnected from community, hear that word, remain. Remain in me and I'll remain in you and you'll be fruitful. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.